Tonight in Arkansas, there's a mother tucking in her daughter and turning off the light. A business owner is burning the midnight oil. An at-home dinner date is plating up possibility. And it's all happening under one roof. How? The power of a conversation. Like the one John from Integrity Solutions had with First Horizon Bank about his vision for a sustainable mixed-use building. Now it's not just words, it's life. First Horizon Bank. Let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash John. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Hey guys, with sports betting season in full force with football here, you need a sports book with integrity and longevity like BetUS. You may already know this, but BetUS has been pioneers in the sports book industry for almost three decades, thriving and paying their loyal customer base. That is BETUS.com, and they have loads of bonuses. Join now or call 1 800 69 BETUS. That is 800 MYBETUS. You receive 125% sign up bonus by using bonus code SST125. That's SST125. They have re-up and referral bonuses. Also, BetUS is known among America's favorite sportsbook for lots of reasons. Bet on team and player props, loads of NFL futures, UFC matches, PGA golf, live betting on most sports. The online casino has hundreds of games. The race books has all the horse tracks. They have every bet type imaginable. Follow my lead and get your phone, online, and sports betting partner with integrity and longevity like I did. BetUS, you bet you win you get paid bet us in the south it's always college football season and the king of college football reigns supreme all year long southern sports today proudly presents the chuck oliver show it's an inside look at everything college football now live from atlanta georgia it's time to talk college football with the reigning king of college football chuck oliver on southern sports today georgia handled a high quality opponent with relative ease and bama decided to remind everybody they're bama Okay, now on to the SEC results that are really on your mind this morning. It is the Chuck Oliver Show on a Monday, and when I say results, most often on a Monday you would think, oh, like a final score. I mean, mm-hmm. Yeah, that'd be a result. Then there's also the bigger picture result of we're making a change. If you were not watching on Saturday – the Florida LSU game, by the way, let me fill in the blanks there. I said Georgia handled a, a, a high-quality SEC opponent with relative ease. Uh, that was the Kentucky-Georgia game from Saturday, and it was a 30-13 to 13 final. Uh, here's the short version. That's probably about as well as Kentucky would ever do against Georgia. Now, if you played them 100 times, Kentucky would win some of them. But I'm saying that that was about as typical an outcome as you would find if you did play somehow a hundred times on Saturday. Kentucky got some things done. Levis worked a little bit of magic, and it was similar to the Auburn game. You're like, wait a minute. They just did like 14 things in a row right, and oh, yeah, they didn't get any points. That's right. Uh, so 30-13 to 13 was a final, and I said that Alabama decided to remind everybody that they're Alabama. Yeah, they took it out on state. Do you know the distinction that um, Alabama and Nick Saban have with Mike Leach? He's been a head coach, I'm going to guess here. He was seven years on the Palouse. He was probably 
Hmm, Dan at Texas Tech. About another six, seven years? I believe so. Nine, maybe. Let's say, let's say 17 years as a head coach. He's only been shut out one time. One time. Nick Saban last year. So 49 to 9, there is your final. And just Bama was on him like a bad rash. Now, will we talk more about Georgia and Bama as we go through today? Absolutely. Georgia's best team in America and Alabama, in my opinion, if I was at the window in Vegas, I would bet Georgia against the field for the national championship. And Alabama is one of about three other teams I would actually consider. So there you go. That's Alabama and that's Georgia from the weekend. Now let's talk about the results that are really on your mind. Ed Ogeron's not the head coach at LSU anymore for all effects. He will be on the sideline. He'll be wearing a purple shirt, says LSU in gold, but he ain't the head coach anymore. Agreement reached over the weekend, and when I say if you were watching, if you were watching the broadcast on Saturday, um, I think it was Sean McDonough and Todd Blackledge. Uh, and during the broadcast, I mean, McDonough, I'm right about it. It was Sean McDonough on Saturday, right? I think. With, yes, yes. Yeah. And it, he was talking just freely during the broadcast about the This is pregame. The mood around the LSU program and so much conversation about Ed Ogeron no longer being the head coach. I was like, well, yeah, I've had those discussions, you know, text messages, and so that's nothing big. Then LSU was winning, and then Sean McDonough continues to talk about it and adds this caveat at some point, I think, in the third quarter, and I don't know if winning today will actually change that. I had been skeptical about that because I had been told, dude, it's done. I'm like, I I don't think they're going to beat Florida, and you talk about being way off base Friday. I was wondering aloud, like into this microphone right here, I was wondering aloud into how comfortable of a dub it would be for the Gators. That's what Chuck was thinking on Friday. So Sean McDonough during the broadcast, I mean, this is almost a direct quote. Well, LSU is winning. If they hang on, I'm not sure it'll change anything. All right. He had been, and this happens sometimes. He had been given the lowdown. And whether it's a broadcaster or a reporter or somebody in the digital space, it doesn't matter. You get the lowdown somewhat sometimes. And we had been kidding. This was probably, I don't know, 10 or 12 years ago. And our engineer, David, is a graduate of Western Kentucky. And there was a Saturday night when Les Miles was still at LSU where some kid from Western Kentucky went from about 300 Twitter followers to about 10,000 because he tweeted out something about Les Miles. I never put any stock in it, and I didn't know anything about this kid other than he was a journalism kid at Western Kentucky. And I was like, "Mm, I don't think that he has the scoop here. Dude running play-by-play for CBS, not 822 on the Comcast dial. I'm talking the not CBS College Sports Channel or CBS Sports Channel or CBS anything other than giant CBS. On that channel, no disrespect to Western Kentucky, but when the guy calling the game on CBS says, yeah, I'm not really sure this is going to change anything, I was like, note to self, Ogeron's out. This is done. And then we started getting conversations. And I didn't hear anything Saturday night. I was wondering if I – so I'll tell you, friend, I didn't hear anything. 
And then Sunday I got a text. It was like, it's all done. And I didn't even reply. Like, what's all done? I was like, when? And that's when I got the weird thing. When I said Ogeron is done for all effects, I wrote back. All over, I didn't question the veracity. I was like, when? Response, end of the season. So I didn't have full context even of, wait a minute, is this just like the chancellor or the whoever, the AD, has already just, by golly, he's out. I'm just waiting till the A&M game. That, I didn't have any details. No. They've had a conversation, and both sides have agreed to this point. I don't think it's going to play itself out, by the way. Regular season finale, the bowl game or whatever, I don't know. The, that's a really uncomfortable position. But they have decided – Ed Ogeron will stop being the head coach at LSU at the end of the season. So that was what the win, end of the season, I was like, huh? Does Coach O know this yet? And he did and had agreed to it. So that's the on-field result and the off-field result from Baton Rouge, strictly from the LSU side. And I got to, Ty Davis-Price, where did that drop out of the sky? Highest individual single-game rushing totals versus the Florida Gators. Do you know who's on the list? Ty Davis-Price, Herschel, Herschel. uh, Huh? So, from the Florida side, we got plenty to talk about. The other result, though, the final score, Ole Miss 31, Tennessee 26. Folks, here's my story. Ole Miss won a game on defense. And even more directly, how about this? Ole Miss won a game with defense. And they made two stops at the end, including one with the real quarterback and then one with the not real quarterback. Hendon Hooker was still in on that second to last one, I think. Yeah, and he got hurt. Oh, yeah, you know why? That's right, because he had a – he was actually the last possession. They had a 10-second runoff, didn't they, because they didn't have a timeout. Am I remembering that correctly? I think that, yeah. And then Joe Milton comes in, and he does get one pass off, and then he decides, oh, I don't know. It's the last play of the game. Got to score a touchdown. Mm, I think I'll run. So that's how it ended on the field. And I will give – but Ole Miss, they got two stops on defense against a really athletic quarterback with some shiny, sparkly stuff on the outside uh, on the perimeter. So there is a lot more to talk about with Ole Miss and on field. And do you remember? I, I, I get plenty wrong. I told you Texas A&M, that game's not even about Alabama. Um, do you remember last week I brought up, I was like, folks, have we looked how many games Matt Corral has led the team in rushing or rushing touchdowns? Do you realize he had more rushing attempts than completed passes on Saturday? Matt Corral ran about 30 times on Saturday, dang near 200 yards. So, that's on-field. Rebels got a lot more to talk about, promise. In fact, we got Richard Cross on, direct from the sidelines, assuming without any whelps from golf balls or anything. Yeah, he didn't say that he had any uh, blemishes on him, so I think he's good. Fair enough. My other takeaway, and like I said, we'll get to Georgia and Bama and everything that was wonderful over the weekend. But my first takeaway is about Ed Ogeron. And that I am wondering if you're fired at LSU for something now beyond just winning and losing. Because Les Miles didn't get fired for Title IX and being creep. He got fired because he started 2-2 and and lost Auburn. 
So I'm wondering still if LSU was in the mindset where, yeah, you don't get fired for all this other stuff. It's just what we say later. I wonder if at LSU, ultimately, the only thing you still get fired for is losing. I'm wondering about that. But the other part, the, the, the not Ole Miss, my gosh, that offense, and whoa, they got stops, and that's why they won. Besides that side of the field, there were 100,000-plus. Let's say 100,000-plus at Neyland the other day. Some of those fans lost their minds. Just, I mean, went to the zoo. And I'm going to talk just to, I, I hope one of those people's listening right now, and if you're not, if you, but you know somebody, direct them to the podcast or the app or something because they need to hear this. When Tennessee cheerleaders, the dance team, and the pride of the Southland marching band are forced to retreat on their own turf? Are you serious? It's embarrassing, and you should be. And you've had low moments in recent years. It is... In a different way, it's as embarrassing as painting that rock and who you eventually forced onto your university versus Greg Schiano. That was some people. Now, I have always been a fan of not scooping up 102,000 people in the same number 10 washtub. Like, if we can go back in time, I was the Auburn grad who said, no, Harvey Updike was one Bama fan. And there's a Bama fans are fill in the blank with whatever you thought Bama fans were. And I said, well, no, hang on now, because there's a reason that the oak trees are 100 plus years old, because no other Bama fan until Harvey Updike went over there and poisoned them. I was like, he was one crazy Bama fan. There was more than one. There were several. And then there were others who got caught up in it. Tennessee's way, 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 way too good of a program to have any of their fans caught up in garbage like that. Absolutely embarrassing. All right, we're going to break. Come back next. A lifetime of hard work. Children laughing in the kitchen. Family photos on a restaurant wall. A legacy that lives on. It all comes from the power of a conversation. Like the one Tommy Hall had with First Horizon Bank about taking over his father's Charleston-based restaurant business. Now the table is set for a whole new generation. First Horizon Bank. Let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Tommy. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Hey, Atlanta, Hudson Mason here. Is a new roof still on your to-do list, but you've been delayed due to rising home service costs? Well, here's a fantastic solution from Accent Roofing Service. Zero down, zero payments, and zero interest for a full year. That's right. You can get your new roof now and start paying next year. Act quickly because Accent's incredible offer of zero, zero, zero with a 12-month deferred payment option for a lifetime roof system isn't going to last long. Contact the craftsman at Accent Roofing Service today. AccentRoofingService.com. Now 
Back to Southern Sports Today and the Chuck Oliver Show. Bo Nix doing Bo Nix things early. Has the most attempts without interception, or rather one interception this year. Goes the deep ball here, and he's got a man wide open. Javarius Johnson for a touchdown. Auburn strikes first. The littlest tiger of all. Javarius Johnson. Mostly slot guy who was a, as I'm recalling, like throughout the beginning, like the first couple of weeks of August camp, he was the story, and then he got hurt. Might have been the opener a week two, but uh, like he's not a big kid, but um, he caught the opening touch. He's back and healthy and caught the opening, uh, the first touchdown of the game on Saturday. Auburn, that was a good win on the road in the SEC against a quality opponent. Four and three, they've lost three straight games. I understand that. And Arkansas is still a good team. They lost in Athens. You're forgiven. Uh, and then they lost, what, to Ole Miss, right, last week. Um, you're forgiven. Ole Miss is better. I think Auburn's better. And Arkansas is probably, in fact, I'll go, they're the most improved Power 5 team from two seasons ago that there is in college football because I don't even know what to make of last year. But Auburn went on the road and got a good win, and that was um, – Who's on the call there? That was CBS. Noah Eagle, Noah, the oh, oh, son Ian's. of Ian Eagle. That's yes. right. That's right. Sounds and looks exactly yes, like he him do. Too. Yes, he do. Uh, but that's Bo Nixon. He was on fire the other day. Uh, we will talk more about this as we get into the week. But Auburn, like I said before, the season started, I said their season is about. It's about not losing to Arkansas. About it's about beating Arkansas and not losing to the two Mississippi schools. And then Arkansas kind of elevated themselves past that sort of, uh, you know, delineation um, because they're so improved. And so that's the team that Auburn won on the road and beat. And so we'll talk more about it. But uh, really important that it was about the fourth straight game, actually. Georgia State, uh, yeah, about the fourth straight game that Bo Nix has not had Tank Bigsby at his full um, um availability because or actually effectiveness because the defenses have decided they're going to concentrate on tanks so what we've seen for instance Stetson Bennett do check to the run the entire game Bo 21 to 26 through the air because he comes up and he counts and he was like yep there's eight oh there's nine uh and so a lot more passing plays and so Bo was on it's about as well as he's played maybe any game in his career so again they go on the road and get the dub um, just a big, big win for Auburn. We will talk more about it as we go throughout uh, the week. What up, Dan? All right, I'm going to give you some numbers against certain head coaches, and then I think you're probably going to be able to guess who it is. This courtesy of my good buddy Nick Delatory Gators Territory. That probably just gave it away. Mm. 0-2 against Nick Saban. 0-1 against Jimbo Fisher. 1-2 against Kirby Smart. 1-3 against Ed Ogeron. And 2-2 against Mark Stoops. I'll go ahead and spoil it because I already did. It's Dan Mullen. And when you have records like that, soon enough, people start to look for weaknesses on your team. With Dan Mullen, I think that the weaknesses are twofold. Number one, it's finally going to be people saying, I get how good of a developer you are. I get how good of a coach you think you are, and you are a pretty good coach. But get your ass out on that recruiting trail and start beating these guys for some recruits. Because that really is, when it comes down to it, is what's getting him in these games. Nick Saban, Alabama, can we agree that he probably has better talent than Florida? Yes. The same deal with Jimbo Fisher at Texas A&M. Now he probably does, and why is that? He's getting out there. He's getting the players. Kirby Smart at Georgia, same deal as I just talked about with those first two guys. And then Ed Ogeron at LSU, talent is never an issue at LSU. The only one on this list, Chuck, who probably doesn't belong because he is recruiting 
probably above his head, but he's still not getting the players that you're getting. That's Mark Stoops at Kentucky. And to have that number against him, have that number against Kentucky for most coaches, that gets you run out of town, even though you just went to the SEC East Championship or the SEC Championship game as the SEC East champion and have gone to a New Year's Six Bowl game every single year. But when you continue to be cavalier in terms of not necessarily taking that or making that a huge priority for your program, soon enough, people are going to try to find a way to get you out of town. And that could be one way. That is one thing that, again, as we move through the week and uh, we get through the initials of what happened and who won on Saturday uh, at UF, I've noticed this season we've been given a whole lot of credit for losses. Hey, they lost, but, and uh, Florida is certainly one of those in a couple of different cases, and that needs to change. Tonight in Arkansas, there's a mother tucking in her daughter and turning off the light. A business owner is burning the midnight oil. An at-home dinner date is plating up possibility, and it's all happening under one roof. How? The power of a conversation, like the one John from Integrity Solutions had with First Horizon Bank about his vision for a sustainable mixed-use building. Now it's not just words, it's life. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash John. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Is there chaos in your closet? Look, Blouse, you've got some nerve hanging there like that. I can't help it. I'm jammed in here next to this suit. Hey, I'm a three-piece, all right, which means I need a little more room. You've got a lot of attitude for a linen suit. I'm a polyester blend, sweetheart, and there needs to be room for men's clothes, too. Hi, I'm Christina, and in Artisan Custom Closets, we help families organize and simplify their closets with customized storage solutions. See what's possible for your home at artisancustomcloset.com, and then call us for a free in-home consultation. Catch the king of college football no matter where you go with a new Southern Sports Today app. Catch the best college football conversation in the South everywhere with the SST live stream and daily podcast. Downloaded now at the App Store and the Google Play Store. Now more of the best college football talk in the country. It's the Chuck Oliver Show. If you were not watching over the weekend... North Carolina and the U got after it. It was an amazing game. So exciting. Miami trying to stage a comeback, get close, can't pull it off. And none of that has anything to do with what we're about to talk about. Normally, we do talk on-field exploits and why things happened and why the comeback made it or fell short. But um, that's on Wednesdays. Whenever we have our next guest on outside of Wednesdays, it's because there's a pretty big monumental thing going on, uh, and it's not the Miami-North Carolina game from Saturday. I want to welcome on right now, again, our usual Wednesday guest, but we're going to have him on today from LandryFootball.com. It is Chris Landry. Brother, how are you today? Uh, busy and doing well. Hope you are as well. Yeah, and uh, we're not here to talk any results, or we're going to bounce around the conference. We're not. We're going to stay in Baton Rouge. And I was talking earlier in the program that as it was becoming clear, like during the game Saturday, it was becoming clear that the scoreboard was just going to be the scoreboard. It was going to be an anecdotal footnote that no matter what happened, it was not likely to change the outcome. The coach, oh, wasn't going to be the coach anymore. Um, when did you begin to get that understanding? Because that was new to me during the game. Friday. Um, it was – the deal was basically consummated on Friday uh, uh, after the Kentucky week, Friday, this this past Friday prior to the Florida game. So 
you know, you're going to hear, and, and of course you're on top of it, but the national, a lot of the national media, I don't get it. Why would you do this after the flu, after a win? It had nothing to do mm-hmm. win or lose. This was done. The, the exit strategy went in the mode and I've talked about it with you and, and Dan Matthews and I have talked about it on sec football and beyond part of the, the podcast park group that this is the exit strategy is really started after the UCLA game, meaning this is when they started to realize as an administration that this was a probability, not a possibility because of what was going on off the field that was leading and bleeding into the on the field product. And then when it clearly became fully in focus, the Auburn loss hurt. But then after the Kentucky game, that's when it was over. And that week, last week, was when this was pretty much uh, orchestrated out and was pretty much done on Friday. I don't know who knew. I mean, you know, I got kind of an indication. I I would imagine that kind of went through where there was a lot of people knew that within the you know, organization, certainly among the players. And, um, and I think there was a lot of relief. A lot of the coaches felt kind of almost renewed that it was the, 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 the final shoe had dropped. So that's kind of when it played out and uh, how it played out. So he is going to coach the rest of the season. And I have seen this before. Um, it's weird. It just, I think Zook did this at Florida. Um, I mean, Chris, I'm going to say it's weird when, the coach gets fired after the season finale and says, and I'm going to coach the bowl game. I'm like, no, that's not good for anybody. Um, let's just, cause we got other things to discuss around this, but talk about that arrangement. And that to me, it just, that's really counterproductive to keep a fire guy around. There's a reason for this though. Um, and there's a lot going on behind the scenes, a lot of, can, can I ask hate. you, is, yes. is it a, is a, maybe a contractual uh, legalistic gymnastic so that it hand, gets handled and the money gets exchanged properly, or is it completely unrelated? It, it, it is along those lines. Okay, basically, okay. basically, Scott Woodard made a point of saying emphatically, I mean, grab the microphone at the press conference. Yeah. This is all about on the field. Okay, that has to be done. Why? There are Title IX lawsuits, yep. a couple of other lawsuits. So you can't say anything like well, we're, we're unhappy with behavior with, because then that comes up in the lawsuit. And you so even fired was, your coach because of these allegations. That's right. So it is. Okay, that's what I was thinking. Okay, it is. You know. Look, the, the off the field bled into the on the field. I have been in situations and seen situations where coaches act inappropriately but when and that can be handled but when you do that and i see guys that are choir boys that don't win they they lose it's what happens on the field but when the off the field bleeds into the on the field product that becomes a real issue and that led to it so that's the reason why now why is he staying why are they not cutting the ties now well here's the reason for it they're basically trying to keep him close because they know he's a bit of a live wire. So, Ed, you're going to get all of your money. Okay, so the people says that's the other thing. Well, why do they go for cause if there's so much off the field? So this is how this works. It's a way of saying, Ed, 
we won't show what's in your closet if you know if you don't show what's in our closet. Meaning, there are things that happen that maybe it's embarrassing not only to add but to the school that it they were either a part of it or knew about it and didn't do anything. So this is this is part of the termination agreement, part of the NDA that is going to keep things quiet, keep things positive. And Scott Woodard, ever the PR politician, this is his way to take a messy situation, a bloody situation, and make it look good. Because here's what's going to happen. It's going to be like he's this retired guy. He's going to go. It's going to be on the Ed Ogeron tour of it's going to his last few games. Yep. You watch and see it's going to be positive and cheer him. Hey, he won the title in 2019 and he can go out proud. He's if this were ugly, he would fight. It would be a lawsuit. The lawyers will get rich. And you got a guy that's the athletic director that has to go out and hire a coach and all that. No, no, no. We're going to make this about we are we're moving on. It just this is not what we expect. But we're going to make it look all. I mean, I thought they were going to kiss at the press conference. I mean, it was just yeah, because and, and, and that's what they're trying to do. And it's not that they don't like each other. They do. You can't know Ed and not like him, but you also have to know that this has become a absolute chaotic mess. And those of it have kind of been around it. We know the coaches and the players have all been fractured because of this. This kind of relieves it. It makes it a kumbaya moment. And the the reason for the payout in full, we're not going to fight it, is we're going to make this go away. You're going to make this go away. You can't get your money if you step out of line. And we're going to make sure that, that you're taken care of, we're taken care of, and we protect the image of the university as we go out and sell it because it's a great job and you can get just about anybody. The only thing that would sully it up is if you had this awful, bloody mess, which under other administrations, you might have had that, and it would just make this toxic. Scott Woodard knows what he's doing from a PR standpoint. I can tell you that. Um, He's really good at that. That's his background. He's a lobbyist. That's what he did when he was he when Mark Emmert hired him at LSU. He hired him from the state legislature. He was a lobbyist, so he knows about stroking things and making things look good. You know, he has a way of kind of making it look good when 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 he's got to when he's got to you know yep. pull the plug on you. And Joe Oliva was at Duke when the lacrosse thing happened, right? That's correct. <clears throat> That's correct. Um. I just want to, you know, in what you're describing there, and I just thought, I'm going to throw out a reference. Like Mark Rick, everybody knows him, okay? Mm-hmm. Ken Hatfield makes Mark Rick look like, like a Vegas degenerate. Um, <laughs> if you get into a dispute and it gets, quote, ugly with a guy like Rick or Kent Hatfield or someone, you can probably weather that. O is such a, a, an open nerve. He may do something that he and everybody would later regret, but it's already done. And so r- keep him happy. Right. Keep everybody kind of on the same side, grabbing the rope and pretending you're pulling the same way, even though nobody wants to be there. And and it get, makes him a sympathetic figure, so it helps him out. So, man, look at that. He's going to coach the team. And, he's, you know, I mean, coach, if y'all make a bowl game, you're going to go, absolutely, we're going to go. You know, and, and so that that's really the – positive you know spin on it doing it that way that uh, it's absolutely you don't want a live wire 
that is not coaching for the next several weeks with media people coming at him and trying to, you know, get information. Oh, it's Sonny Corleone. I mean, he could fly off at any moment. Absolutely. So keep it, you know, keep it in house, keep him close and get him to understand that this is what you has to happen to get your money. He's got 18 payments coming. 18, 1 8, including the first one at 5.68 million on December 15th. And then he's got 17 more of those babies that are going to be coming through December of 2025. So he's got plenty of money to do what he wants. And he understands, he understands this. You know, I'm a good boy and I just kind of, you know, but he's not likely to be a good boy if you rattle the cages and you embarrass him, whatever. Yep. They're going to try to do their best to say, we're going to have your back, you I have our this. back, and here's $17 million wise uh, reason why. Last thing, um, who and when to be the next coach? Oh, I listen, I, full disclosure, um, look, they, they Scott's got a plan in place. He's got guys in mind. I don't know who. If I knew, and you knew this, yeah. if I knew, yeah. I couldn't take. Yeah. So, um, Chris but, consults. By the way, for everybody listening, Chris consults. So go ahead, Chris. Um, I will say the president William Tate, who I have met, is somebody that wants to be involved. I don't think he's going to force Scott into a decision. In fact, I know he's not. Could he influence it? Well, he's his boss. But uh, I think I will say this: that if if you go on history. The names that you hear publicly that you're going to hear in the whatever circuit are probably – there's reasons why they're being leaked. It's falsely. It's, it's usually smoke screens with Scott. But, look, it, it is not a slam dunk. No, they don't have their guy yet. But I do think – I do know that Scott has um, his guy in a plan B and I think a plan C. But let's see how that – plays out and look i i have no problem you know addressing with you or anyone else just coaching candidates in general and what may or may not be a fit um and and certainly can speculate on maybe is that somebody scott might or might not um but i but i think as time goes and i'm gonna do that because i'll be doing that on SEC football and beyond and the other shows that I do that's that's part of the podcast park and the Southern Sports Today family but um yeah it's it's every it's going to be speculation time and 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 everyone will throw different things out but uh I think there's a lot of things at play here that probably uh Scott's further along in this process look he's been dealing with the agents of these candidates and it's usually like three agents that will handle all of these coaches so yeah, and Scott Woodward, for anybody listening, he ain't timid. He is no. – boy, if there's a golden ring, he'll he'll grab for it. Uh, Chris, I appreciate you as always, brother. Talk to you in a couple of days. You bet. Thank you, buddy. Thank All you. right, uh, Chris Landry again, LandryFootball.com, one of two places that I actually have a membership I pay for. Uh, it's fantastic. Uh, Dan, Woodward hired Jimbo, right? He did hire Jimbo, but, and he also hired Chris Peterson at Washington. Yes, he did. He is not a shrinking vibe. I mean, he's somebody who's like, uh, all right, where's the best? And at LSU, you can follow through on that. Supposedly, the MO on him is that he makes the call, and he keeps making the call until you just say, Scott, no. I, I love it. That's the kind of person you want to hire. Not the kind of person you want dogging you, but the kind of person you want wearing your shirt. Um, he is not a timid individual. 
And again, LSU. See, this is how this was supposed to be if he were normal and he's not. He's had a stellar career going back to 07 when the 08 when he took over at UW. um, That's his first job in this realm. Okay, University of Washington. I'm good friends with Todd Stansberry. He's the athletic director. Well, I'm friends. We don't eat wings together, but I'm friends. I can call him Todd, and he looks at me and says, Chuck, um, he's AD at Georgia Tech. That's where he eventually got to after UCF, Oregon State, and then Georgia Tech. Now, he's a grad, so that may be the end of the road for him. Do you know his predecessor, Mike Babinski? He was at, I think, Xavier navy georgia tech and then he went back to the big 10 where he's from purdue before that d-rad see this is how it is supposed to always work is d-rad was at georgia tech and looked around and was like well, i ain't got no money and then clemson called and said hey you don't have any money but you still do some I'm, i'll be right there and there were skid marks heading up 85 north so that's how it's supposed to work scott woodward no Scott Woodward decided, yeah, I'll, I'll start at Washington. And so he's had a state LSU, you got a good one. And the reason I brought that up is because an AD, do you know what's supposed to be the previous stops on his career? Places where he couldn't follow through on what he really wanted to do because he didn't have enough money. And now, after proving myself, I got money. Folks, Scott Woodward has always been on top of it. And he has been entrusted with, I mean, three huge athletic departments. So LSU, if you're an LSU fan, yeah, you've got you've got the number one job that will be open this entire quote cycle between now and I'll say December thirtieth, when all the jobs have been filled at that point, except for maybe a guy going to the NFL the number one job and scott woodward has i know the money and you're still paying and now 17 million i know all of that stuff but i also know what lsu is and what they can count on every year coming from the conference there's two different pots of money i know uh but there are no financial limitations not when you're talking about lsu football there really shouldn't be um so this is going to be worth watching man um see like lane kiffin i would say get your popcorn for this because this is not likely to be uh, a coordinator from Michigan State or the head coach at Holy Cross who's won four straight. Damn, what? Uh, Patriot League? What? Yeah, I guess. Patriot guess League titles. Yeah, let's go with it. Yeah, pay, four straight Patriot League titles. Uh, no, that ain't who LSU's. LSU's going, hi, we're here for your coach. A lifetime of hard work. Children laughing in the kitchen. Family photos on a restaurant wall. A legacy that lives on. It all comes from the power of a conversation. Like the one Tommy Hall had with First Horizon Bank about taking over his father's Charleston-based restaurant business. Now the table is set for a whole new generation. First Horizon Bank. Let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Tommy. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. So, Robert, I want to thank you for your time. I just don't think you're the right person for this position. I don't understand. Was it something I said? Well, we did a background check on you and found some things of concern. If you're in charge of hiring for your company, you know how helpful a background screening can be. That's why companies that use Horizon Background Screening make smarter hiring decisions. 
Don't let the wrong hire put your company at risk. Get the real story on your candidates at horizonscreening.com. Horizonscreening.com. Always college football time in the South. Now back to more of the king of college football, Chuck Oliver, on Southern Sports Today. We continue on a Monday, Chuck Oliver show, talking college football. Oh, I told you on Friday. Didn't I tell you watch that Clemson-Syracuse game? That was something. Clemson, Clemson is not good. And I stumbled on those. Clemson's not good. They're just not Call it what it is. And they're still winning. That's something. But they're not good. And I'm telling you what's just around the bend is they're not going to sweat out a 59-minute, 59-second thrilling win against Georgia Tech or Syracuse or anybody else. They're going to lose a game, maybe maybe two because the defense just going to get slap worn out. So so that was from Friday. Uh, and then all day Saturday, man, um, starting again with the early games, even the 11 a.m. kick, for instance, in Baton Rouge, um, a tremendous day of football. Um, there is one very important point that I want to make about Ed Ogeron. I don't have a vested interest in this. He's a grown man. He can defend himself. Um, whether it's a UCLA fan or a guy on a radio show, whatever, Ed O can, can defend himself. But there is an important point to remember he earned the 2019 national championship as much as a coach can now not as much as someone whose dna is all over either the game plan which is mostly the case sometimes there's a coach who his dna is on it because of the actual the offense the x's and o's like joe brady like his DNA was on the offense. Then there are guys like, for instance, Gus Malzahn, when he's had it, his, he was the play calling. You know, it was a, um, Hugh Freeze is the play calling. Steve Spurrier is the play calling. But the reason I say Ed Ogeron, he earned that national championship as much as a coach can because you don't have to do everything. You don't have to be a great coach or player or in every way, just in enough ways so that you're, quote, doing your job. He got Joe Burrow on campus. And through whatever means, he identified Joe Brady as the guy to update an LSU offense that had not changed materially, folks, in a couple of decades. So, Dan, do you think that there are going to be many, and I'm just asking, many folks out in Louisiana that that this will happen upon their brains, that – this is a guy who he did earn that. He was not just standing on the sidelines enjoying the show. As time goes on, I think that he is going to be remembered as being one of us, being from southern Louisiana, loving the state, loving the program, and then also to at least staying out of the way enough of Dave Aranda, Joe Brady, Steve Insminger, and the players that he had on the field for it to be able to materialize into what it was. So I think that soon enough he will be remembered fondly for that. But also, though, too, universally across the board, I think that people can still say, hey, we're happy about 2019, but we're not happy about how things are going now. Yeah, and they shouldn't be. Um, and, again, all of that is on field. But um, 
I just I, I think that there are too many times and I've always I read an article this morning linking, comparing, insisting that you shouldn't, um, linking Ed Ogeron and Gene Chizik because of what happened so soon after a national championship. I don't know, Gene Chizik, I've always said, you know, ah, that's really Gus's national champ. I don't know, Gene Chizik, he was the head coach, and they got Cam Newton on campus. And so, you know, I remember like Tom, uh, Peyton Manning, well, he, he, he can't run. He can't, I was like, well, he does everything but run. You know, right now, Kyler Murray, he runs, and, and he's gotten better at throwing the ball. You don't have to be an all-time great at every facet of the job to still be successful uh he was not great with the x's and o's he was great at getting elite talented players on campus and at least for 2019 letting his coaches coach this morning in the atlanta airport no one's missing a meal on mac wilburn's watch with 11 restaurants to serve passengers he's got dining for every destination and it all started when mac talked with first horizon bank about opening a franchise in the airport now it's open for business and cleared for takeoff. First Horizon Bank. Let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Mac. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. The fan is ready for brave season. Are you? 3-1 smoked high in the air, deep center field, and heading for the horizon. A home run by Olsen. We're streaming every game of the Braves 2024 season free on the 680 The Fan app. So make sure you download it now and don't miss a pitch of the Braves this season.